for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. Welcome to the 10 o'clock hour of Rosie on the House. This is now the 30 year of the broadcast of this program, but it's the first year we've had a home maintenance calendar. You can get one. It's a free calendar. We'll ship to your door. Just send us an email with the address you'd like it sent to, and we'll get one dropped in the mail. We used to send them at the end of the month, but we're now able to send them at the end of the week. We've expanded our staff and brought in some additional resources to help keep up with uh, the inquiries and requests that we receive from our Arizona homeowners. The photo contest for the 2019 calendar is now open along with the recipe contest. You can find more at rosieonthehouse.com slash calendar. And how that has changed the broadcast is each month in the calendar, we spend the entire month focusing on one topic. And in September, we're focusing on landscaping. And this hour, we brought in you guys, I can't believe you're brothers. How, how did you get over six foot and Mark never got over five? Thanks. Chris, Chris Thanks, and bro. Mark Wintland. Could be CY. the mailman. Who knows? Uh, you guys look way too similar. Uh, you're not fooling anybody. But when you're sitting to, next to each other, it's obvious. Standing, it's like, it's like uh, what is that? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? Twins. <laughs> Twins. Twins. It's like, how did, how did, are you guys brothers? But you've been landscaping. You, CYC started in 2001. Yes. Y'all, part of being a Rosie on the House certified partners, you have to be in business five years. You joined in 2007, and you've been with us ever since. You know, it'll be 12 years next year. And this is the first time we've ever gotten Chris on the air. Mark's come in and joined us before, and you always sent baby brother to do the dirty work. But he, Well, he's the big brother, actually. You're older? Of course. So much more mature. I, you had me. <laughs> Not the mature part I knew. Well, that's But obvious. I just had the ages reversed. So, oh, okay. I see. I see. Well, welcome to the broadcast, broadcast Chris. And what we're going to focus on today is what y'all love to do in your landscape is the thought that goes into the architecture and the design and utilizing the space and stacking functions and you know, if we only working with a hundred square foot yard, that doesn't mean, you know, you're limited to uh, just grass maybe or a just pool. a pool. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> might not be a candidate for a pool, but you know, we have water features. You could, we'd love water features and the sound of running water if we're trying to battle a noisy neighborhood or a noisy street or traffic. You know, so a pool may not be an answer for you, but that doesn't take off water as part of our backyard living space either correct you can do just about anything in a, in a yard it's just you may have to scale it back to fit the size of the yard and i loved what you said about when we talked about pools is that you know, one of the things you hate to see is you drop a pool right in the middle of the yard yeah i mean you basically create two smaller spaces instead of one large space and it creates a lot of difficulty putting Elements that you want, such as fire pits, barbecues, things like that, if you have just a couple hundred square feet left. Whereas if the pool is off to one side, now you may have a 500 square foot area. You can put grass or artificial turf and barbecues, fire pits, things like that in, in a much larger area and have it a little more functional for you. And 
thought that comes into a lot of people's head is why well why don't pool builders do landscape why don't landscapers do pools but that's almost like saying why does my air conditioning contractor repair my roof while he's up there <laughs> that's exactly right i mean you, we don't do pools because we're good at landscaping it's hard to be good at everything and so we let pool builders be pool builders and we are landscapers and in your design work where does it start you, know, you go on to google maps when somebody calls and you look at the backyard and you start playing from there. Does it take an on-site visit? It definitely takes an on-site visit and a lot of really good questions. Um, the biggest one is how do you want to use your yard? And like you said, not everybody needs a pool. Not everybody needs a built-in barbecue. Not everybody needs synthetic turf. But having a conversation is and listening is, is definitely where you have to start. And those needs change over time. I never thought I would have a pool till the kids came. It, there's nothing else to do outside. And we get so cooped up being inside. Got to have a pool <laughs> or a place to go take them to swim. Yeah. And and uh, more and more people are like, hey, the weather's great in December. Why don't we have a TV outside? And just the way people in Arizona are using their outdoor space has been evolving since we've been in business for 18 years. Yeah, we've seen a lot of people now setting up televisions by their pool so they can sit out, float around in the pool while they watch football on Sundays or Saturdays and enjoy, enjoy themselves and not be cooped up inside. We grew up in the Midwest where you were outside 24-7. It seemed like if the sun was up, we were outside. And here in the summer months, you're cooped up inside a lot. And so finding ways to utilize your pool to stay cool and enjoy your activities like watching football or doing things like that. And if somebody wanted to talk through a landscape design or their backyard living situation, you could join the conversation and talk to the Whitland Brothers at one 767 4348 That's one 888 you You can text to 411923 or email at info at com. Now, you talked about being in the Midwest, but a part of the screening process has been not, not only been in business five years, but five years locally because – as you can attest to, growing up in the Midwest, you do things a little different in the desert Southwest. <laughs> Absolutely. We uh, grew up in Indiana and both actually graduated from Purdue. And back there, tree, trees are real Thank trees. Thank you for Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Who <laughs> that? Yeah, the, uh, um, you know, trees are trees back there. You have 100-foot-tall oak trees all over the place here you come out here it's com it's just a completely different animal and uh you know we i moved out here in 96 and just it, it was several years of just learning the the plants and things like that before we even started the business and started learning things and you know going through different classes and things like that to to become an expert in doing what we do what was your first impression when you came to Arizona from Indiana. I'll be here five years and move back to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it, 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 it does grow on you. You know, it's it's nice to be wearing shorts on Thanksgiving out, out in your backyard, right? And, uh, you know, you, you start learning to enjoy desert landscapes and things like that. And there are so many things to do around here, both indoors and outdoors. But, uh, you know, whether it's hiking or uh, camping or, or just playing golf or hanging out in your backyard. And so it wasn't long. You, make, you meet some friends 
find find people with similar tastes and spend a lot of time outside. And coming from Indiana, stepping into the Arizona desert, uh, you think, okay, I'm going to be here a short time and, and then I'm out. And that mindset, I think a lot of you can see it in a lot of projects that are done because people aren't thinking long-term as they're doing them. Contractors aren't thinking long-term. This is just temporary. I'm going to get done with this and get out of here. So when was the point you made the transition? You know what? This town needs a little bit more color in the landscape. And I know a little bit about that from Indiana and I'm, I'm going to do something about it. (laughs) Well, my, my, uh, my friend and I started the business in 2001 and we, uh, um, we wanted to learn kind of as things were going. And at the time it was the boom, everything was growing so fast. And it was, it was a challenge because back then people stayed in houses for seemingly six months and then they moved to their next house and they were looking for the quick fix. And then when the economy started turning down is really when um, things picked up a lot for us because people started saying, instead of staying in this house for a year or two years and upgrading to the next house, people that had been in their houses for a number of years decided I'm going to fix it the way I want it and remodel the backyard. And that's where we, we kind of found our niche. We do a lot of remodeling, taking a yard that's maybe outdated 20 years old and um, maybe tearing it out, maybe just tweaking it a little bit, getting it. So something that they can enjoy that meet the changing needs of their family, themselves and their families. So we actually, in the downturn in the economy, actually thrived because people were staying in their houses longer. And I've noticed even now people tend to stay a lot longer than they did in, like, 2005, 2004. There's not as much um, of just changing addresses every year or two. Well, when you're in a place for a long time, you start making a connection to that area, and that has really helped, you know, the the community. If there was one thing the downturn did is, like you said, it stayed in place and has built more of an emotional investment we have to our neighborhoods now. Yes, absolutely. So why not take advantage of September to April to May to June <laughs> if you have a pool year-round and then make that outdoor living space? It's you know something we're constantly fighting with the tension with the indoors and electronics and you know, comforts and everything. It's, it's, it's a great way to combat that at your home is having – a functional, enjoyable, usable outdoor living space. When we started, outdoor spaces just weren't comfortable. Um, you mentioned all the comforts of indoor. I mean, have you even looked at the outdoor furniture that's available now? It's really comfortable. It's become affordable. Um, Bellgard's come out with a hundred different products since we started this, you know, in 2001 used to be all the pavers were those keystone pavers and and just the amount of available products for outside has grown the quality has gotten significantly better it's just a different world and it's something that will add value to the home you know you may not recoup dollar for dollar the investment on it but over the course of time and with equity a well-designed landscape you know you, there's only so much the house will bring you by itself completely done nicely. So the next thing you have on your equity on your property is the landscape. And it's often quite neglected. Yeah. The only thing, the only investment you can do in your property that's going to appreciate over time is 
the plantings because as they grow, they're worth more than when you when you put them in. Whereas you do a kitchen or a bathroom, you know, it's kind of like buying a car. As soon as as soon as you as soon as you drive it off the lot, it's worth half of what you paid for it. With your landscaping, if you if you do your plantings properly with the right spacing and things like that, as they mature, they're actually worth more three, five, ten years down the line because they're going to start producing shade, things like that, which is a, a, a big buzzword people are looking for. You know, they want to be out in their backyard, but they don't want to be baking in the sun all the time. Talking landscape design and architecture with CYC Landscaping. If you have a question or want to talk about your landscape or a landscape project you'd like to design, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight is the number to join the conversation. Chris, Mark, as we do things, year in, year out, 2001, you're in 18 years of business now. One thing that nobody uh, is void of is, is falling into a routine. And we get used to doing things, and over that 18 years of time, it's very easy to start getting favorites. You know, you planted 10 mesquites and you've never had to replace one because it died because the sprinkler shut off. You know, it still thrived. It may, uh, so you've, you've got your favorites. Or you've done 10 bottle trees and five of them have died. So you don't like doing bottle trees. So you start developing favorites and routine, but that can also limit yourself to new hybrids that have come out, new grafted trees, new Belgard products you'd mentioned. Mark, at the beginning when you started, you may have had one Belgard paver. Now you've got 100 to choose from. How do you keep yourself from falling into routine so you're constantly l taking what your customer is telling you and implementing what is available as the best solution for this individual project? We do a couple things. Uh, one is all the key people in our company, well, most of the key people in our company, Every year, uh, Phoenix Home and Gardens puts on a garden tour where you're seeing some of the newest, most creative things that are out there. And we send, well, gosh, was it 30 of us last year? <laughs> yeah, there was a I mean, lot it, of us. I mean, it was... We're, you we're, were the whole we're, tour. We're, <laughs> we're a mob. <laughs> we did a but, bus a couple years ago. Yeah, we did. Basically, everybody, there's, some, there's significant others, and we go and we walk, and we see what's happening now. Uh, we also work with a number of um, of architects and designers that are forced to be on the cutting edge, and because we're we're working with them every day, we see where things are going and what new plant materials are available and what new hardscapes are coming out, and and even more importantly, how to put them together. Um, it, it's a, a, a quality yard isn't just a combination of unit of, of items. It's how they go together that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, I'm sure you've walked into yards and, and you may know every plant in that yard. And you go in there and go, this looks awesome. You know, it's uh, just how you how you put everything together that makes all the difference. And. The biggest challenge, like you said, is is knowing and seeing what's new. For me, I've got this little retaining wall I want to build just big enough to hide the trash cans so that when you pull in, 
the way that the house, whoever you know, the original builder was, there's a propane tank on the outside, but they put the propane tank right where you could. I mean, that's the first thing you see when you pull into the house is a propane tank, the garbage cans in the house behind it. So I've wanted to put a decorative wall. You know how many different building materials and designs I've had for that one silly retaining wall? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a thousand of them out there, and most people just, you know, fall back to I'll just build a gray block wall and I'll paint it. But there are tons and tons of different options, different manufacturers. Everybody's got their own version of of it, and it really comes down to personal preference. And that's one of the things we really try to do with our customers. We ask them what they want, not if they have a design in mind and we take all the points that they are trying to achieve, like covering up a propane tank, for instance, and then we try to come up with the best solution for that. And it may not be your typical solution of a block wall. It may just be plant material. You know, um, it may be a block wall. <laughs> you know, it's hard to say. It could be, it, there's a hundred different solutions to the same problem, but you try to talk with the customer and come up find out what they're trying to achieve, and then we try to achieve, give them options both that meet their budget and achieve their goal. And every time I think, you know what, this is it. I finally figure out what is going to be perfect. I see something else. I'm like, ooh, hey, I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately, sensory overload can be, a, can be a problem in our business because there are so many different options. I mean, there's five different paver manufacturers or six in the Valley. You know, there's, there's a lot of choices. And, uh, you know, we have our favorites, but we're not locked into those by any means. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody kind of tends to fall in a direction one way or another, the things they use most of the time. And of the projects you've done, is there one that you guys hold out as, you know, this is this is our, you know, if, if, if you get a new customer and they say, I want to see some of your work, you're like, oh, we're taking them to blank residence. Every year it seems like there's a different one because we've evolved so much over time. The, the the yard that we would have taken somebody to 10 years ago is different than the yard eight years ago, which is different than the yard now. But, yeah, there's aspects in several different yards that we're very, very proud of. Um, and there are some that the overall projects are amazing. But I don't think there's any one that we would say we take people there. It depends on what they're looking for to, their, to get them to the right house. And if you've been in business 18 years, there shouldn't be just one. <laughs> right. There should be multiple. For sure. <laughs> We're joined with uh, the Whitland brothers, Chris and Mark. I, I still blows my mind that Mark's the baby. <laughs> Mark's the older one. Mark's the older one. Yes. Chris is the baby. Yeah. Chris is the baby. Blows my mind. On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, you are tuned into Rosie on the House. September is Landscape Month, and we're talking architectural design of the landscape with Chris and Mark Whitland of CYC Landscaping. What does CYC stand for? Is it Chris? It really doesn't stand for anything. <laughs> it just it was available in the phone book. <laughs> no, there it, it's a long backstory, but I don't want to bore everybody okay. with that. Not not it, it's not. Custom yard creativity. <laughs> no, nothing doesn't like tie that. into. No. All right. Well, y'all have been in the Mesa area. Uh, gosh, how how long have you been at your new site? It at seems our new like... site three years. Um, we were in Chandler for twelve years before that. And y'all took down an old 
air conditioning building, didn't you? Plumbing you know, company. Plumbing it used to be on. Gilbert Plumbing. They had been there for like 55 years. Yeah, y'all have really done uh, quite an impressive job on the, the property. With the, you got a little outdoor showroom that just kind of keeps every yeah, time I drive by, I'm like, oh, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. Yeah, we're working on it. Unfortunately, the city of Mesa is going to destroy a lot of that here. With uh, are they widening the road? road work? Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> get done, and here comes the road work. Yeah, exactly. we're going to get a nice, pretty wall out of it at least. <laughs> so, some of the things, a lot of what we've talked about has just been concepts, but. You know, y'all's list of outdoor, when we think landscaping, it's not just tied to plant material. You know, the amount of hardscapes that are incorporated, ramadas, uh, you'd mentioned synthetic turf, outdoor barbecues, outdoor kitchens, boulders, rocks. The, the elements of landscape aren't just tied to plant material. And what we have done last weekend to give people an idea, we talk about I was kind of making fun of myself every time I think I know what I want for this wall. I see something else I like. Well, we had an article on things and places to go to see the different varieties of hardscapes and landscapes and uh, on, on our last week's program. So now we're this Saturday, we're trying to tie that all together. When you're looking at the outdoor living space, what are all the different functionalities now that we need to be taking into consideration, now that we've got an idea of the plant and hardscapes that are available, what all functionalities do we need to be incorporating with these hardscapes and plant materials? Well, it's really a matter of achieving what the homeowner wants. You know, I mean, there's things to remember that we talked about return on investment before. The thing that's going to give you the return on investment is is increased living space in your in your yard. So. You know, you you design it in such a way that it's functional, but you also want to not put them right in full sun, things like that. You want to create shade. And it's more than just what the customer wants. The customer needs to be thinking resale value or, or you know, even if they plan on never moving uh, out of that home. Well, we all in the, re- reach the end of our life at some point. <laughs> if it's not a house that's going to be passed on, you're going to sell it at some point. Or, you know, your significant other after you've passed is going to sell it. You've got to take in, you know, this may be ideal for you, but is it something that, you know, is going to fare well when this property's on the market? Absolutely. And like you said, it, it's it's not necessarily what you want today, but what, what are you going to want in three, five, ten years? And whether that's you, your kids, or whoever you sell it to, um, you know, you want to make it functional and resaleable. What are, when you said you're working on a little landscape project yeah. at your own home? Yes, I am currently. <laughs> so you're not like the cobbler whose kids have no shoes. You're the landscaper whose crew is well, in the yard right now working. Well, they're working on a Saturday <laughs> in my yard because uh, we don't normally work Saturdays or Fridays. So I have them on overtime at my house so we don't jeopardize our, our, our schedule of our regular projects. But the uh, but yeah, I'm trying to open up my space. Um, when I did it uh, 13 years ago, kind of my goals in life were different than they are now. And, and now we're trying to create larger open spaces. And, you know, I'm adding some items like a pizza oven and, and things like that. So I'm just kind of reconfiguring things. I'm taking away the kids' jungle gym and putting in a putting green for for the big kids and things like that. So it, you know, your needs change, you know, and this is just a small project that'll take four or five days, 
but it's uh, you know my needs changed as they do and in 15 years you'll probably be ripping out that putting green and putting something else in <laughs> now as part of rosie on the house certified partner i don't know if you knew this but one of the perks is i will personally come and break in that pizza oven for you when it's ready well said it's only four or five day project so I'll, I'll check my schedule i could i could potentially do this for you thursday you, or friday you guys can have the show at my house <laughs> next saturday we'll make pizzas there you go <laughs> That is one thing that is going into my I've, – I've got big plans. And one of the things that I have to fight is not wasting space. When you get in a situation where you're used to living on five acres and you think you've got all this space, it's easy to waste space. And I've done a few things where I'm like, that was really stupid. I've got you know 500 square feet I now wasted because I can't possibly do – anything else with that and it's combating that idea that you've got endless amounts of space that ultimately ended up in wasting a few but i've got an idea for an outdoor kitchen ramada that it's built around not necessarily just just a pizza oven but that round dome type you can do so many things in a pizza oven that you know put in a couple logs start the fire put in whatever it is you're cooking or whatever variety you're cooking walk away yeah, I have friend, friends do uh, hot wings in their pizza oven all the time. They'll make ribs. They'll do pizzas, obviously. So there's a lot of variety that you can do with it and get that natural smoke, wood smoke flavor. And it's unlike a grill. You don't have to sit there and uh, labor over it. Now, not that I don't enjoy doing that from time to time, but I don't always have time to sit there and make sure I get the perfect burn lines in my steak and I, I get it just to the right degree of done wellness or or I should say unwell, undone. <laughs> I need a little bit of blood on my steak just just to sit there and get it to that perfect piece of meat that I enjoy. Some, I don't always have time to do that. And a pizza oven, I really like for those days where you may have a lot of guests that are over or a lot of things you're trying to get done in the day. Put the logs in there. Put your plate. Set a timer. Come back and enjoy a hot meal. Absolutely. And it's fun for the kids, too. The kids, like, you know, they make their own pizza or whatever and it's a, it's a fun little activity. Well, we've got uh, a caller that wants to know about transplanting a cactus. We'll bring in at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you, uh, Susan. How may we help you? Hey, good morning. Hey, I um, I am in Tucson, and my mom has a baby barrel cactus that I would like to transplant to my yard. What do I need to know? to make sure that it thrives in its new home. Well, most barrel cactuses are fairly easy to transplant. You just got to be be careful you don't damage them in the in the digging them up. Uh, the roots are usually pretty shallow. So you just dig them up, uh, place them on cardboard or something like that to protect them and then transplant them and when you get to the new new spot, usually you can just rake up and break up the soil and soften it and just set them in place. And over time, they'll they'll just they'll root right in. Um, they're actually about the easiest thing that you'll ever transplant. And I don't know if it applies to barrel cactus, but I know on saguaros they always mark which side was facing north and replant it so it's facing north. 
Absolutely. The, it's never a bad idea, but this time of the year, as it's getting less and less hot, it's much less important to mark the, the, the direction. But if at all possible, you do want to try and plan it in the same direction that they were previously to protect from sun scald, because the side that faces the sun has kind of built up a uh, tolerance to that direct heat. And because it's a barrel cactus, there's no permitting that's involved. If it was a saguaro, even though if it's your mom's house to your house, you have to get a permit to transport a or transplant a saguaro. Correct. I, I do recommend getting a piece of carpet remnant and some really thick gloves. <laughs> yeah, don't pick that one up with your bare hands. No. We appreciate the call. Good luck. And you got to let us know uh, if you're able, to, if your barrel cactus survives the transplant. You need to. One thing that we talked about yesterday, I'd mentioned a, a good thing that the down economy did was it made us stay in our homes longer and think more long-term about our homes, which is a concept we constantly try and get homeowners and whether it's a good economy or a bad economy, the bad economy forced us to think long-term. Um, you know what else it did? It cleaned out the riffraff. There was a time you could spit on the sidewalk and make money in construction somehow. And you know, there was a new general contractor around every curve. There was a new air conditioning contractor. There was a new landscape contractor. And you could, the economy was good enough that it could keep a bad business in, in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what we saw over th that period of time is anybody that, I mean, in, in construction or landscaping, it's all the same. If they say, well, I know how to frame a house. I should be, I should have a framing business or I, I know how to install pavers. I should have a paver business. Well, yeah, the skill to do it is one thing, but the ability to run the business is a completely different skill. And in the booming economy, people that were bad business people, but relatively skilled tradesmen could continue, could stay in business. As the economy got worse and the next job wasn't there to pay for the previous job, all of a sudden those people started going out of business because, you know, they were counting on the next deposit to pay for this job. And and if you talk to the registrar of contractors, they can tell you all about the recovery fund and how many of those people went out of business because of operating like that. Not that they are not skilled tradesmen, but that they're not skilled business people. And I was talking, uh, gosh, I'm trying to recall who, but there, and I don't, one thing that we've got to figure out how to close the loop on is somebody could have a landscape company, let's just call it Landscape A, and have a bunch of complaints, have their license revoked, and turn around and start Landscape Company B and still be in business. Yeah, oh. I, I, I was talking to, we're doing a project right now for, uh, for, for a nice lady that she is part of a class action suit against a landscaper. I think there's 24 people in the, 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 um, secretary of state is involved in, in a lawsuit against this guy. And he has started operating under a different business. He took, he took deposits from like 20 to 30 people and never did any of the work mm. and somehow is still in business. And not only should he not be in business, he should probably be in prison. Can I give a little homeowner tip? Whenever you are searching a new company on the ROC, be sure that you not only search the name, but you also put the person, the owner's name in because it will pull up anything else that they've had going on. And often you'll find things like that. 
Well, and you also have to make sure that the names match. There's nothing to say I couldn't. I can look up CYC's landscape license number, write it down on my business card, and say, "Hey, here's my license number." You know, there's that's that's a very easy thing to do. So make sure that whoever is representing the company, you do the due diligence to make sure that's this, that license number matches the company, and it's not just somebody falsely I, representing themselves. Absolutely, and a good way to tell that is all of our vehicles that go out to job sites have their their rat they have some sort of wrap on them with our, with the company name you know people show up to your house without any signage representing the company might that, be a personal truck on personal time yeah sure i work for so and so yeah so it's just an easy way to tell and one of the things that the economy wasn't solely to blame the consumer and the concept that you know, anybody could be a landscaper and I should be able to get this done cheaper was to blame for a lot of those bad guys as well. Absolutely. Um, the landscaper is unfortunately the last guy in on all these jobs. I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't hire anybody to come in and be their electrician, you know, or put their roof on. They're, they're going to find a licensed contractor to do those things. Well, landscaping is the same thing. You, you need to hire people that are qualified to do the job and that are that if they don't do the job there's there's recourses for you to get your money back and that's what the ROC is intended for to to hold us accountable to do to do quality work if there ever is a problem one of the things that we're seeing is people have short memories and they're for for a number of years after the collapse people were doing their homework and people have started to stop doing that again yeah and that's why we have this broadcast every saturday morning to help Keep our listeners and our Arizona homeowners protected, not fall back into that memory lapse of, of you know, the, a situation we all in some way kind of contributed to. So the lesson of that, wrapping up that last segment is one of the reasons we have five years in business is... If you've made it five years, you're probably, you know, there, there's a small chance that you're not a good businessman and a good tradesman. Right. That, that, that five-year period of time weeds out a lot of bad. I think the statistics, it, it's an old number, but Rosie used to quote something that within the first three years, 90% of contracting businesses go out. So if you've made it past five, that's a good sign. But we take it a lot farther in our screening process because there are so many elements to business. It's one of those funny things. You get into the industry because you love landscape and you love the design work. And you're like, man, I didn't know I had to be an accountant, too. Man, I didn't know I had to be in a boss, too. Man, I didn't know I had to be, you know, I've got you, you'd mentioned 30 people that are relying on this landscape company to provide the means for their family. Exactly. It's always a challenge. And, you know, if you don't pay your bills if you don't pay your people you don't take care of people you know you don't last very long and and you shouldn't right absolutely. <laughs> you shouldn't so cyc landscaping of course you could find them at rosieonthehouse.com they've been there under the landscape category for uh 12 years yep. and but directly you've got a, a until the city of Mesa widens the road, you've got a nice little outdoor showroom somebody could see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until <laughs> January, I think. Until January, and that's at? Uh, 254 South Mesa Drive. And somebody could reach y'all directly at? Uh, they can either call our office, that uh, you can find the number online, or at 
cyclandscaping.com. cyclandscaping.com. Is there uh, – do you all do maintenance? I know that there's – that's such a different industry inside the industry. <laughs> we do some maintenance. We do maintenance in the Southeast Valley, uh, Ahwatukee, Tempe, Gilbert, Chandler, Mesa. Close travel proximity. Yeah. For landscape, though, landscape design that you're going to be on for a week or two weeks or a month. We're valley-wide. What what are the projects other than your backyard and your pizza oven are are, are y'all working on? You had mentioned that you see a lot of, you know, when we used to do infrastructure into the backyard, it was gas, water, and electric line. Now it's low voltage for yeah. TVs and speakers, and I totally get the music side of it. Yeah, I, it's becoming more and more popular to put outdoor speakers in, um, audiovisual, um, running line, cable lines for TVs, or even now a lot of them have wireless. <coughs> you can do um, all sorts of speaker systems. You can zone it in various different zones if you... And this I, side of your yard, you don't want the same as that side of your yard. I bet when you went into landscape business, you never thought you would have to learn audio-video as part of your service. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. We just finished a project that they put speakers in the pool. So you could hear it under. So you, this is somebody they can hold their breath so long that they needed their music underwater, too. <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah, we've done what we did a sunken bocce ball court this year. We've done what's a sunken bocce ball? Oh, that's I, cool. That sounds like that, something that would fun. Do, that's it, fun. That would flood out. Well, uh, it sits it, on a quarter minus space. It just drains. Okay, but it's just got a wall, like a sixteen-inch high wall, all the way around it with lights built into the wall, so you can get out there at night and 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 play bocce ball. It's it's kind of a fun fun concept if you like to play bocce ball. You could probably use it for cornhole too if you really wanted to. How much space do I need for a bocce ball set? Well, I mean, a proper bocce ball court is quite large, but, I mean, I we've done lots of projects where we scale it back, you know, just like some people want a basketball court, but they can't put on a full-court basketball sure. court. So <laughs> you just scale it based on based on their yard, you know. Um, every You know, there, there's ways to fit that. You can also – you don't have to do a dedicated bocce ball court if you don't have the room. You know, I've – done a lot of uh, um, artificial turf yards where you set it up in such a way where it fits bocce ball, fits cornhole, fits things like that. So it becomes a multi-purpose area, not just a dedicated bocce ball court yeah. or whatever. And that's something that we're trying to do at our house that I kind of learned from dad is that, you know, he had the pool, he had a volleyball court, he had a trampoline, he had grass. And what it did is it naturally made everyone want to hang out at the Romero's house so he didn't have to worry about where his kids were at high school because everybody wanted to be there. Exactly. <laughs> it's <was> brilliant. <laughs> well, CYC. if they're going to get in trouble, they can get trouble at your house, right? <laughs> CYC Landscaping. Chris, Mark, thanks for your time this Saturday morning. If you're Thank you. looking Thank for you. landscape design in the Mesa Southeast area or valley-wide, if valley-wide it's a re- for the project, yep. find them at rosieonthehouse.com. Thank you.